Right, come on team, BBC marketers assemble. Is that what we're called? What? Marketers. I always thought we were called marketeers. It sounds much more swashbuckling. I've always liked the sound of marksman myself. That's pretty gendered, Hugo. Good point, Denise. Right, back to brass tacks. There's a problem up in Casa Doctor Who and it's up to us to sort it out pronto. What's wrong? Has Moffat punched another executive producer? Nope, we solved that one when we taped oven gloves over his fists. But it is about the big man, Head Honcho himself. What's happened now? He wants to be the Doctor. What? He wants to write the show, produce it, make all the special effects with his new copy of Photoshop, and play the part of the Doctor. Oh, but he can't do that. He's too old and too grumpy and Scottish. Precisely. So what we need is a proxy. Someone who combines all those attributes with the ability to actually act. Right. And who doesn't look like his mum dressed him. Got it. How about Ewan? Too expensive. McAvoy. Too young. The royal baby. Not Scottish. And also a baby. Scooby-Doo? He's a cartoon dog. Right. What about Peter Capaldi? Brilliant. Meets all the Moffat criteria, plus Craig Ferguson can cosplay him really easily. Good work, Denise. Thank you, Hugo. One more thing. I'm going to need your hair. Matt Smith wants it for the Christmas special. Okay, Hugo. But be gentle. I grew it myself. I promise nothing, Denise. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Oodcast. It's an Oodcast extra episode with only half your old normal cast. I'm Chris Sigma, and over across from me is... Oh, that's, that's my, my cue to say something, isn't it? Yes, it is, yes. Jolly good. Right. Um, Hello, I'm Laura. It's nice to be on here again. Yes, it seems like forever, doesn't it? It probably is forever, in sort of like the relative terms of, say, species that don't have a very long lifespan, like a mayfly or an ant. Or a human to a time lord. Oh, yes, yes, like mayflies we are, don't we? Fluttering around without mouths. That's right. That's exactly how he sees us. Like mayflies without mouths. Having said that, most Time Lords only seem to have a lifespan of about three or four years, in our terms. Oh, good segue, good segue into what we're going to talk about today. Because Laura and I have very wonderfully been given the opportunity to be in the audience at Doctor Who Live when the new... 12th incarnation of our favourite Time Lord was announced. And it was Laura. Who was it? Was it Laura? Who? It was not me. No, it was Peter Capaldi. That's right. I wasn't <laughs> saying it was you. I was oh. indicating that you should say who it was. Well, you know, we can dream, can't we? So when he was announced, the studio went wild. I think it's fairly safe to say. They made us go wild, but we would have gone wild anyway. Yes. I, I mean, I was just waiting for opportunities to clap. In fact, I think that I would have clapped a lot more. But they kept on saying to Zoe Ball, who was standing just behind us getting directions from the studio uh, running production team. They were like, wrap it up, keep it tight, keep it tight. Because she kept on saying things like, oh, but could be a lady, could be a lady. And they were like, stop talking about it being a lady. Just keep it short. And she's like, OK, keep it tight. 
Yes, Laura and I were actually on the studio floor, so we weren't even on the bank seating. We were actually in the five rows that was pressed up against the couch. Yes, and therefore I was very, very startled by the massive glitter cannons that went off at the end. I've saved two bits of the glitter tape that were at the 12th Doctor's announcement and went in his grizzled hair. That's right. And also, Zoe Ball came up to me during one of the VT sections and went, So, who do you think it is? And I was like, Well, Zoe Ball, I think it's Peter Capaldi. And then she did this weird... Uh, this won't work on a podcast, but imagine if Andy was here. She sort of did this mm, 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 and moved both of her arms in a kind of weighing justice kind of way. And then uh-huh. I, I also mimicked her and did that too. And the two of us stood on the studio floor and did that funny the arms around wavy the arms thing while and Matt Smith was talking on the screen. Yes. So that was a bit weird. Yes, talking it was Talking to Zoe Ball. She just took some time to come and talk to me while she was doing the live show. Yes, I know. I think I, I thought that she was checking if you were all right because you were doing your little startled rabbit face. I was very excited. I know. I was just really worried that the camera had caught me picking my nose in the intro. You were picking your nose? Well, I had a really, really hard bogey, the kind that really hurts if you, like, leave it there. Okay, I'm going to shut down the bogey talk. I think we should talk about the 12th incarnation of of the Doctor. Or he kept calling it Doctor Who, but Zoe Ball was very careful. She only ever called him the Doctor. Yes, that's right. Well done, Zoe Ball. Peter Capaldi was throwing around the character name Doctor Who all the time. Yeah, Peter, you need to up your speed, mate. People are not going to like that. But But they do like him. They do like him. So they should. He's a brilliant choice. He's a very good actor. He is. He's he's great. And as soon as he came on stage, oh, you could just tell, couldn't you? He had this magnetism about him. I mean, he seemed scared, but he had just like, whoa. I think he's going to be a very cerebral sort of doctor, sort of quiet and brooding and mysterious. Probably not one that's going to do as much talking, I think, as the most recent incarnations. He's not going to be as all-out silly clown fall over. No. He's just got, he's got steel, hasn't he? I think he'll be quite introspective. It'll be a bit like an episode of House or something where you're just waiting for him to pipe up at the end. Like some sort of maybe even a Poirot type situation. You don't know what he's thinking until suddenly everything is explained. He's quite a lovey. He kissed Bernard Cribbins on both cheeks when they greeted each other. Of his bottom no, no, on no, his face. On his face. He did kiss him on his face. Yes. But we also saw a few other lovely actors. We saw one of the young chappies from Outnumbered, who was very cute. and Peter um, Davison, the fifth doctor. Yes. He walked right past me and I had to resist the temptation to grab his slacks. Well, we did grab uh, Rufus Hound, who was also there. He looked a little bit scared after he mispronounced Christopher Eccleston's name and forgot that it was four knocks, not three. And so as he went off the stage, he went right past us and we decided to give him a little sort of, you're okay, chum. Because he had just summed up the series in a wonderful way by saying how it was sci-fi, where all the difficult issues were tackled but from a step back that allowed us to contemplate the humanity of even the most difficult ethical and scientific conundrums. Yes, Mm. fantastical ideas that say something about the human condition. Yes, that was very eloquent. Well done, Rufus. But back to Peter Capaldi. I've been thinking about how his doctor might handle things and I'm really interested to see an older doctor in action because, let's face it, I'm really not au fait with a lot of the classic series where we would have had an older gent in the role. I think it's going to be interesting to have somebody who's a bit less physical possibly 
Yeah, I agree. This Doctor, I mean, just the way he looks. I mean, the Doctor, a lot of the time, part of his modus operandi is that people think that he's not very good, you know, they underestimate him. They think that he's the sort of a clown. But you look at Peter Capaldi and you're like, this guy's in charge. Mm. I don't know if that's just the baggage that's come with Malcolm Tucker and stuff, but for me, you look at him and he's he's the guy in the room, you know? Mm. People will shut up and take notice. You know how there's that expression, a mind like a steel trap? I think we could get a bit of that, possibly. It's brilliant for the series, though. I think... It's just amazing all the new possibilities that a completely different kind of lead actor opens up. Because even though Matt Smith and David Tennant were very different, they were both high energy, wacky, fairly young guys. But I just think it's so exciting this programme's going to have an entirely different fulcrum to turn around. And speaking of fulcrums upon which to turn, if we're which looking we were, at honey, we were, think- we were talking about, about fulcrums. fulcrums. Yeah. I'm thinking less of the fulcrum and more of its sort of outer edge, which is going to totally and utterly revolutionise the way that we see the relationship with the companions. Well, you think he's going to be a father figure? Well, that's the thing that your mind automatically goes to. I don't think we'll have any of the romantic jiggery-pokery that we've been used to. I mean, he said in his interview that it isn't Malcolm Tucker, it isn't him either. The doctor, he can see in his eyes, but he doesn't know who he's going to be yet. He says he hopes that at some point in the near future, the two will elide and he'll get his idea of how he's going to portray it right. So something else that I really noticed about the show today was um, all of the execs and a lot of the producers took great pains to talk about how it was now canon that a woman could be uh, the Doctor. I think not, obviously it wasn't going to happen this regeneration, but I think next regeneration, there's a really good we chance, could really be in for a, for a stab at it. And something that was quite interesting was in the queue, there was quite a bit of resistance to the idea of a female doctor. There were quite a few fans who'd been there for the whole day, pretty much We didn't waiting. talk about the queue, did we? Uh, we didn't talk about the queue. We had a lovely We had a lovely, lovely time in the queue. It really made it worthwhile showing up about five hours before the gates were due to open. I was so paranoid. I've just got to say that I was so paranoid that we had this amazing chance because we didn't even get tickets. Someone gave us the tickets because they couldn't go, like a friend of my mum's. So we were really lucky and I was so paranoid having been given this opportunity that we wouldn't because they give out more tickets than there are places. And indeed, as we went in, we saw the long queue of people who didn't get in. About 120 people who'd arrived in costume, in full costume, and didn't get in. Yeah, so we arrived about one in the afternoon and sat there for five hours. Yeah. But we met some really lovely people, and it was a lovely atmosphere, loads of people dressing up. Sorry, I just wanted to set the scene for your story. And including one chap who bought an entire box full of Doctor Who-themed cupcakes. That he'd baked himself. With tiny chocolate Tardises and chocolate weeping angels, coconut Cybermen. It was amazing. Thank you very much, Stephen, if you're listening, even though you said you don't listen to podcasts. We also met some other David Tennant fangirls. So uh, hello to you ladies. Um, It was a pleasure to meet some other people of a similar ilk as well. So just before Zoe announced who it was, did you know, did you have, because I had that name in my head, I was fairly sure by that point because Moffat yeah. had said about yeah. how it was a, a, an actor who had a lot of experience, who was very, very different from Matt Smith. And because the it was the book, he was the bookie's favourite and he'd come out of nowhere at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So someone had obviously tipped them off. I was fairly sure that it was going to be him. Actually, I was I was certain until the moment when she took a big deep breath to announce it and then I had a sudden flicker of 
It might not be, but it was It was, weird. wasn't it, honey? It was. It was him. And he came out and he kind of looked slightly shell-shocked. I think you would. A bit, well, like a sort of a... He was taking in the applause, but in a sort of a, I haven't yet done anything to deserve this. I mean, he was way. live on BBC One, on Space in Canada, um, on BBC America in the US, on... Australia? It, yeah, and Australia as well. So that global audience looking at that live show was probably quite massive and even if they weren't watching it then you know the iPlayer it's going to be a massively watched show trending on Twitter as well which is globally on Twitter not even just in the UK (laughs) which is pretty impressive so I think the production team pulled off a bit of a coup there that's right well we didn't want to take up a lot of your time we just wanted to share our experiences of actually being there as as a new doctor stepped onto the world stage. Um, It was an amazing experience. And uh, a new era starts very soon. It does. But first, we've got the 50th anniversary special and the Christmas episode. I am so excited. I might go pop. So thank you for listening. And we hope you'll join us and the rest of the ooze when we restart our new season. Also, if you're around in London on the 16th of November... Perhaps if you're planning a little jolly over to the UK, to old Blighty, to enjoy the 50th anniversary in the place where it all started, please come and grace us with your presence at the Questers Theatre in Ealing, where the Oodcast Live will be performing all of New Who, alongside a live-action, made-up-on-the-spot, improvised Doctor Who episode from a fantastic cast, hopefully including some people who've been in the show before. Yep, that will be on the 16th of November 2013. Um, Tickets will be on sale soon. Hope to see you there. Yes, please come. Yes, we will like you. We will not give you cake, but if Stephen comes, he might bake cakes for everybody again. And they were delicious. Delicious. Coconut. to be who you had to be who we cast out our nets and placed a few bets thinking of you somebody we know's a fan of the show won't take any shit in the thick of it that would be you Some others out there Might have better hair Wear clever specs Be the fairer sex But they wouldn't do For nobody else Would be as sublime Still not a girl Maybe next time You had to be who? Number 12 you You had to be who?
some others out there might have better hair. Wear clever specs, be the fairer sex, but they wouldn't do. For nobody else would be as sublime. Still not a girl, maybe next time you had to be who? Number 12, you, you had to be who?